Ladies and gentlemen, there are many ways that we at JM and the M and the Nahum Single Network prepare for a holiday. One of the ways is by speaking to the Vice President of Wine Education and somebody who has been with Kedem, Royal Wine Kedem, for decades. He's been with us for, I believe, over 25 years at this point, which is pretty amazing. His name is familiar because um, he has built a reputation on giving amazing information when it comes to kosher wine. And guess what? The holiday begins Friday night, and you want to bring some really delicious, some brand new, maybe some classic wines into your sukkah this coming Friday night. Wishing a gmar tov and saying good morning to the one and only Jay Bookspell. How was your and Yom Kippur? No, and, and it's to no small degree that if I had at least some or any of that reputation at all, it's due to the amazing listeners that you uh, that you're able to reach all around the world for the last 25 years that I've been with you. Well, more. thank you very much there, Jay. Much appreciated. <laughs> it's the truth. It's hope, true. hope your Yom Kippur was meaningful and that the fast part went relatively fast, I hope. Oh, it was, it was great. It went the exact same 25 hours that everybody else's did. You know that yes. You know that Jay Bookspam has no wine for 25 hours. That's not easy. That's not easy for Jay. No, no, no. <laughs> Do you ever, you know, it's funny, uh, of course, you know, when you hang out with kids, uh, as I have the pleasure of still doing, because uh, some are still, are still with us in the, in the house, um, so you know, you know how it is on a fast day, you know, people are all designating which food item they'd like to have, right? So I, I, was, I was looking for that ice cold, tall glass of Coca-Cola yesterday. I don't know why. I just need, I didn't, I, I didn't need to eat anything. I just needed to drink something. Do you, Jay Booksbaum? sometimes drift into a little daydream about a wine while you're fasting. Are you sometimes thinking about a delicious wine that you'd like to have? It, it would probably be appropriate for me to say yes and give you a whole <laughs> repertoire of which wine. But it's but never it's happened. Not true. It just never happened. <laughs> That's not happening, no. I actually, my, my Asian Kyle, she's great. We always get, well, traditionally for the last bunch of years, we always get Springfield bagels. Wow. Which are amazing and uh, sounds she delicious. Gets before she gets them before Yontif, right. we we freeze them and then you know it's just they're wonderful. They're they're actually they taste absolutely like right from the. It's great. That's my that's my go to. All right. Next time you walk I'm in, I have that Springfield bagel. You ne- know? Next time you walk in there, I hope you get a free dozen for that plug. Uh, mm. so, <laughs> so that's that's how Jay breaks his. For those of you wondering. For those of you wondering how Jay breaks his fast, some of you might think it might be on a brand new can of Bartonura Moscato or a brand new can of the Rosé. Who's making the Rosé wine? Do you remember the name of that brand that's making a Rosé? Jay Folk. Jay Folk. Letter J. The letter J. F-O-L-K. That's who's making the brand new Rosé in a can. Right. Have you? unbelievable. Really unbelievable. You've tried it? I've tried it, and I actually tried it beforehand, and I let everybody know, and... As it would have it, as soon as it came in, it started flying out the door. And what's interesting about it is most cans, and I'm talking about tray, kosher, whatever, not, not kosher, but most cans are usually very cheap, very low quality, but, you know, very simple quality. Right. This is very high-end stuff at a very reasonable price. And the legend has it that the reason why it's called J. Folk, F-O-L-K, yeah. Yeah. is because it's made by Jewish folk. <laughs> That's good enough for me. Um, <laughs> it's I, made I, in South Africa. It's really, it's really quite delicious. If I'm not mistaken, and, yeah. Excuse me. In this time of COVID, 
if you want to have a bunch of people and you want to have them social distance and you don't want to, you know, pass the bottle around or whatever, you can chill these up, put them out on the table six feet apart, and everybody's got their own little serve. Yeah, we talked about the advantage of the Bartonura cans. It couldn't have come at a better time, as you just described. Uh, we've talked about the small grape juice. You know, Kedem makes this tiny grape juice that's also perfect, like, you know, for one person. Eight ounce. Oh, is it eight ounces? So it's perfect for one person to make kiddish, et cetera. So that's also a great idea to hand out and to give out as everybody uh, gathers in the sukkah for a kiddish, social distance, of course. Um, and I'm talking about family members. I'm trying not to get myself in trouble here. And Please. So, so you could always do that. And, um, and, and, that's, and that's a revolution. I mean, look, there are different trends. There are different times in the world of, and history of kosher wine that we could cite. You and I have been through some of them together over the last quarter of a century. You know, when something, an innovation happens that, you know, all of a sudden becomes a big trend. I mean, this time next year, will there be 10 wines in cans? Or this is something that's going to be restricted to one or two? I think I think you're going to see a lot more wines in cans, but I also think you're going to see a lot more wines in half and what we call split bottles. Mm. Half bottles is a half of you know 750, about right. 375s, which is about 12 and a half ounces, and splits are 187s, which is half of that, which is about uh, 6.5 ounces or whatever. But what's interesting, especially you bring up the grape juice, I remember not so long ago, only two three years ago, when after Purim. Mm. The six-ounce grape juice used to come in a little glass bottle. Right. It was a six-ounce, 6.3-ounce. Right. I remember that. was finished. Nobody wanted it anymore because it was only for the Purmschlag Mondes, you know? Now, it's, it's rocking all year long. People are using that that eight-ounce little plastic bottle now. It's just unbelievable uh, just, what the transformation has been. Just out of curiosity, how does that make your bosses feel when something that used to be restricted to one month is now in demand year-round? Okay, that's like, how do you feel when all of a sudden Coca-Cola decides to give you like a couple of million dollars in, in ads? Exactly. You know? So, so they're happy about that, and the can, tr- oh, yeah. and the can trend, as you say, is likely going to not just stick with us, but it's probably going to grow over the next mm-hmm. few months. Jay Booksman with us, Vice President of Wine Education at Kedem. Look, you know why you're on. Sukkis begins Friday night. Uh, I need at least a couple of I, – I thought Gabe Geller might join us. I was going to give both of you a, a bit of a competition here in terms of new stuff. I was actually going to let him go first, figuring that with all your years of experience, if you've got to pivot at the last second, you have no problem. <laughs> so, but, but, I mean, the goal here is to make some recommendations. Oh, and we should point something out, by the way. Both cans we just mentioned from the two different companies, J-Folk and Bartonura, they are both, you can confidently say, available at all retail outlets, right, in the New York, New, yes. Jersey, New, York, New Jersey area? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, I got a call from a retailer recently or from consumers in Elizabeth, the wonderful, fantastic, and if you're interested in housing, there is some still available, wonderful Elizabeth from a local retailer saying, you know, his business is growing, all these young couples are moving in, what what more could he get? And one of the things that, that was very exciting to him was these cans, so... But the point is, is that he didn't have one of them. I didn't think he had the J Folk. Mm. And even if a retailer in your neighbor doesn't have it, the next day or a day and a half later, uh, Kevin will be glad to deliver it to them. All right, very good. So keep that in mind, everybody, that uh, that those are available. And if they're not... So if you don't see a can, right. exactly, ask your retailer, he'll get it for you. Right. Exactly. If you're not available, you ask the retailer and they make sure to follow up on that. J Bookspam is with us. All right, uh, the list is insane. I mean, to go through, like, if I would say to you, okay, let's go through all kosher wine, that'd be ridiculous. 
Can we at least go through some new things? Are there is there a list of stuff that you'd like to bring to our attention? And then after that, can you go through a couple of both new and classic wines that would be perfect for the stuffed cabbage that we're having in this that that the Jewish world is having in the sukkah Friday night? Oh gosh, <laughs> it's endless. But I, I will tell you the top wine that I think, and and I'm picking this not because it's the most absolutely most magnificent wine of all the wines that are either new or old, but I think it's, it's, the, it's the most amazing all-around wine for people who want something that's new and fresh and great and mm. still accessible, uh, you know, right. price-wise. Right. And, and that is, th- there's a new wine called Belief Cabernet from the Herzog series from Oxnard, California. Spelled like the word simple- Belief? No, it's spelled like B-E-L-E-A-F. It's okay. kind of a play on words. Right. So, you know, it's the belief, of course, the belief referring to, you know, we should have faith and we should right. believe and all that kind of stuff. And they use the word L-E-A-F in order to, to indicate, you know, its natural aspect and, its, and the fact that it comes from the leaf, Got it. You know, which is the leaf of the grape, mm-hmm. you know, the vineyards. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's really interesting about this, and this like, covers so many, and, and the most exciting part about it is that it covers the quality part, but I'll get that at in a moment. It covers so many bases. It's completely organic. Completely organic. It's the first wine that's made from completely organic grapes. They actually are speaking to Mutti. Joseph Herzog, we have two Muttis. Right. We have the what we call the New York Mutti and the Cali Mutti. Right. So I was talking to Mutti California, who runs the winery there, and he was saying that not because in order to, in order to like designate it organic, it's not enough that he doesn't use sulfites, and it's not enough that it comes from an organic uh, vineyard. He has to actually separate, you know, equipment and containers and, and stuff like that in the winery. That are completely haven't been you know haven't been used or cleaned or whatever that are designated for this organic wine in order for them to call it that. So it's a big pachka. Yeah, it's my, like it's like you're going as, through a kashras project, you know. Right, it's a big pachka, but it, it's worth it, and it's wonderful, and it comes from um, Paso Robles. Now, Paso Robles, just to give you an idea, is a little bit further in. In other words, it's a little bit further east of the coast, but it's a, va- it's a Paso Robles, it's more like a valley, and the wines are harvested wines. The grapes, we, in the wine speak, when we say the wines are harvested, of course we're talking about the grapes. Because, but interestingly enough, there is a medrash that says that, that the grapes that Noah, I, excuse my, I defer to all the rabbinic authorities as usual, but the grapes that Noah planted, as soon as you bit into them, it was wine, you know. Mm. So, but we, but in a reference to that, kind of in a, you know, a nod and a wink to that. When we say the wines are harvested, we're talking about, of course, the grapes. The wines aren't harvested, but the grapes here are harvested at maturity, which happens late in the season because they don't use anything, no pesticides, no nothing. So it happens much later in the season. So I, I don't want to go into a whole shtick about this, but the phenolics, meaning. Just not only the juice is fresh, I'm sorry, is mature, but also the seeds and the skins, everything is mature at once, which gives this a much more flavorful, um, you know, uh, you know, feel to it without having to do a lot of other stuff to it in the winery. So there's not a bunch of aging and there's not a bunch of oaking and there's not a bunch of that, but it's still 
rich and complex and flavorful and wonderful. And it's in the 20s, meaning in the retail 20s. Right. And it's completely organic, and it's a wonderful Cabernet. And I really high. That, that's my pick. Now, okay? I remember. If we don't talk about anything else, that's my pick. I remember uh, there, there's, an yeah. orga- there's an organic grape juice that I remember was a big deal when it came out. Uh, yeah, which, by the way, can't get this year. It's going to be, I mean, just, uh, again, a wink and a nod. I hope the, hope the Michi, Michael Herzog, doesn't hit me for this. But the, the, the harvest in New York State was very, very challenging this year. Wow. And that's because, teaching moment here, that's because right after the budding, there was a freeze. So a lot of those grapes that were going to come out were frozen and, and just fell off the vine. So now it had to rebud, and so the, the harvest is much lower this year. So the, the grapes will be fine that are, do come out, but it'll be a short harvest, and it'll be quite challenging. Hmm, interesting. Boy, the way, the, 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 the way you— And so therefore, the, my point is you, you're not going to get the organic vineyard. Forget it. Not happening. Yeah, year. but the, my point is the way you guys are symbolic for all of us about how we depend on the one above. Not all of us get oh it. Goodness. Not all of us get it in our industries. For you, it's blatant. You see it on a quick, daily basis. Well, a quick story, especially in an inspiration for right at the Yom Kippur. One year we also had another, years and years ago, and Michael's father was, Al Shalom was still alive, Yankel, and he said, oh, we had a terrible year. We have to make long-term contracts for years to come so that we can make sure that we get the grapes first. And I said to him, I understand. Next year, Mashiach is going to be here. Why are you making long-term contracts? And he said, oh, you're right. We even have to make it bigger because when Mashiach comes, we're going to need even more grapes than ever. <laughs> that's, the, so, that's the right answer. Put base on Migdash, et cetera. So you're right. We are so, you know, everybody now, obviously, because of Corona, as you mentioned, is very clear on the fact that, boy, we are so not in control. But yeah. we've, been, we've been realizing that, Thank God I've been part of it for the last 30-some-odd years. God is really in control, let me tell you. Jay Booksbaum's with us. My point is, there's never been a kosher organic wine before. There has been, but it's never been marketed like the one you just mentioned. I think there might have been one from Italy. I think we had one from Italy years ago. Oh, so it is as rare as I think. I think it was a a Tuscany. I I don't remember exactly. So it is as rare as I think it is. It is rare. This is the first time, and hopefully, not hopefully. According to Mutti, we got it. We got the. We're going to get the grapes this year too. Right. Again, because it's late, so it hasn't been harvested yet from Passarobles. But God willing, you know. And again, God's in charge. We'll hope to get it this year too, and uh, we'll have another vintage of belief. Jay, Jay Bookspam is with us. All right, we spent a couple of minutes, obviously, on the belief, and it's a new one, as you described, and a new concept because of the rarity of the organic kosher wines. Uh, let's go to a classic now. I mean, with, uh, Friday night, people want to be in the sukkah. The crowd may be a little less than usual. It might be family only because, obviously, the COVID situation, uh, but you want to bring something into the sukkah that's really a special treat, obviously, to make Yuntif feel extra special what would you recommend give me an example of what you'd recommend for friday night there, there's a there's a, a some you know new vintages of some of the grand crew classes from bordeaux not the least of which is um is oh gosh oh gosh i'm forgetting uh <laughs> there's a leoville and there's um las combs that's the one i'm looking for there's las combs a magnificent magnificent bottle of wine coming from France, 
There's a bunch of Israeli wines, uh, including a new wine from the makers of Castel. They started their own winery called Raziel. And not, not their own winery, but when they moved the, the old winery, the Castel winery, to the new winery, they kept the other winery, and now it's kind of like their boutique um uh, their boutique wine winemaking cool. processes and Raziel is amazing. Uh, there's not a lot of it around. Um, just, there's just there. There's a couple of examples. If you want to get it and you want to have something really special, that's a magnificent wine. The Las Combs is a magnificent wine. Uh, there's a brand new wine coming out next week. From it's called Old Vines. I really shouldn't talk about it because I know it's going to go. It's going to go like like the wind as soon as I talk about it. And, and boy, if you can get it, it hasn't, hasn't hit the stores yet. It's called Ramon Cordova Old Vines Reserva, made from, in some cases, century-old vineyards, meaning the grapes have been on the vine for an entire century in some cases. And that makes, by the way, whenever you see old vines, that's very important because what it means is that the, the grapes almost look like blueberries. They're so tiny and so concentrated and so flavorful that it's really ma- it really makes the resultant wine magnificent. Um, so those are just some of the examples of some of the new wines that are available. And, of course, the new vintages of the Herzog Reserve Cabernets are just out of this world. What about, this what world. about the classics? Give me one classic that you bring into the sukkah on a Friday night, especially if you want to well, pair it up with some delicious hollupters. Well, you know, I, I'm going to go with a classic that I like, to give to you because you love it so much and because the truth is that it's made in such a way that it's not just sweet. It's really also lively and fresh and really wonderful if you have a hot, warm, uh, you know, sukkah afternoon, and that is the late harvest Chenin Blanc. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I know you love it. And, you know, and and I'm not just playing to you here. No, I know. Because I love it too. I mean, it's not, you know, even though I'm like a – quote, really fine schmecker, dry wine drinker, I am telling you that this is one of those sweet wines that's got such liveliness and such delicious fruit, um, you know, acidity. And when I say acidity, not bad acidity, on the contrary, like juicy acidity, that it's, it just stands up to, and you're going to have, at least we do, you're going to have at least one yunt of meal we do uh, that's milchik, so you can have it with a cheesecake, and, and see, even if you don't, the desserts, it's just, yeah, it's just see, great. Even see, for it's, chicken that's well-sauced, you know, see, it's, it's funny. a great little bottle of wine. It's funny. You bring it up as usual, and I'm not. it's not a complaint. It's just what always happens as a dessert wine, and you bring it up for the sweet stuff one might have in the middle of a dairy meal, etc. I, I love it as a kiddish wine. I think it gets the meal off to a really sweet start, and chances are everyone at the table who's tasting it from your kiddish is going to enjoy it. So, you I don't know. know. It, it, I like it for the beginning of the meal. You're right. Go ahead. No, I like it for the beginning of the meal. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't agree with you more in, in one respect. You know, people always, and I've done this on your show, actually. What is Jay having for kiddish? Right, and of you know course. what I have for kiddish? <laughs> I have grape juice. And you know why? <laughs> because exactly the reason you said, if I'm, you know, filled with a table full of children and older people and some people who really don't like wine altogether, then I want to have grape juice. And then I pull out a wine that I love. Right. But this is a great example of a wine that you can love and still have everyone at the table enjoy it as well. So you're absolutely right. Great idea. 
Uh, Jay Booksbaum is with us, everybody, and uh, he is the vice president of wine education at Kedem. I mean, the, the list is endless. There's plenty available. You're hearing about some of the classics and a lot of new uh, bottles. It seems like every single uh, time you turn around, there's some something new happening from somewhere. Uh, any country that's really suffering right now? You know, uh, when we visited you guys in your main headquarters in Bayonne, New Jersey, uh, one of the things you and your colleagues pointed out to me, which I wanted to discuss on the air, is that there are real challenges around the world that COVID is giving wine owners, especially kosher wine owners, those who need appropriate kosher supervision and those who need people in general to be out there in the vineyards. I mean, this is, people shouldn't think this is in any way uh, not affecting to a great degree your industry. Just because people are buying a lot of wine and grape juice doesn't mean there aren't a lot of challenges out there. Can you go through some of the things you've heard about from around the world? I'll give you I'll give you one challenge and um and this is only for your listeners. So guys out there, please don't tell anybody else about this. It's a real big secret. We've got a new wine coming from Argentina. It's called Saforno and it'll be in the market in about, I don't know, somewhere between three and ten weeks from now. Okay. Wow. But the the Mashkichim, to get the Mashkichim there was not such a problem because um, you know, out of Buenos Aires, there's a lot of good from good people, uh, you know, under the, the Rava Machshir that he could get there. The problem was because the country was on a lockdown and it was from area to area, just kind of like from Florida to New York. If you right. come from Florida and you stay in New York, you got to be two weeks in quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. Officially. And so when they sent the Mashkichim down there, besides they couldn't go straight to work. They had to wait two weeks in in a you know in a hotel with you know kosher food and everything before they could leave. And uh, so there's an an unbelievable uh, example of how the COVID and that, and and then they couldn't bottle everything and they would have to come back again. And every time they have to come back under this COVID situation, it's another two weeks. So and you can't you can't do that sometimes because. You're you're bound by the harvest. Yep. You know you're bound by when the stuff is coming off the off the off the vine. So if you if you have to wait during those two weeks and it's already time to, you know, take in the grapes to harvest the grapes, what do you do? And, Very big challenge. And, That's just and, one example. And a reminder: we're now at the end of September. If there was one of the twelve months that would be known as the harvest month, it would be September, right? Yes, it would. However, another teaching moment in. Argentina, as is with the rest of the southern right. hemisphere, right. the the uh, uh, the harvest is flipped, like in March so or something. It's it's actually in uh, yeah, it's like February. Right. Interesting, boy, I'll tell you, February. What a world! And you get you, usually you get to see the world here. You've been spending a lot of time in New Jersey now. But oh my gosh, I cannot tell you. <laughs> you know, we we've been able to really keep up with it generally speaking, with the Zooms and the emails right. and the conference calls, it's all that. But the customers are, you know, major importers, distributors, as much as they're, they've had it. They want to see you. They want yep. at least come once, you know. And they're not, they're not giving me a hard time about it. I'm just saying that they're, you know, it's, it's people have what I, I'm calling just COVID fatigue. You know, it's like battle fatigue. Like, I don't care. I'm just ripping off my vest and rushing into the, into the breach, but we got to be careful and not and, and stop ourselves from doing that because God, you know, the most important thing that God wants from us is to keep ourselves safe uh, from harm. And, 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 and you know what? Time. And what's interesting is if you go back to the end of June and July, uh, 
everyone in the media or many people in the media were talking about how this could be permanent in terms of, you know, working from home or working remotely or meeting with your people in Panama via Zoom, et cetera, et cetera. And now in September, you're basically saying to us, you know what, guys, let's not minimize the face-to-face meeting. Let's not minimize the importance of making a trip to Israel and meeting with five winemakers. Don't minimize the go- going to France and arranging meetings you know, for two days with six, seven different important people you need to meet with. Don't even minimize you know, going to a trade show and meeting people and, uh, and, and, and making sales. You know, And how, how much more so one can sell when they're actually making that sale in person. Um, well, you know, I'm going to flip it on you. Don't you find, I mean, I'm not sure, but don't you find that an in-studio, you know, interview or a concert or a, you know, is, is still so important to, no, no to your business? No question about it. Unfortunately, we're not ready to do that yet, but 100%. No, I understand. 100%. I'm just saying, yeah. Look, yeah, right. this conversation, which has been great, and which is going to get everyone, you know, on a on a springboard toward the delicious kosher wine for this coming yuntif. This conversation would have been very different. I don't want to use the word better. Would have been very different if you were here, you know, face to face. So, you know, right. And we could we could glug glug and pour the wine, <laughs> and, and what's his name could take pictures of us doing it. There's a whole it's a whole different feel. You know, it. as much as we love to talk to each other this way, boy, I can't wait. Hey, and and there's and then there's the simple things like. Hugging my grandchildren. Yeah, you know, I've heard that from a lot of people, including new grandchildren that they haven't held yet. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot so, of that. You know, you can't. There's no, and that's the human condition. The human condition requires, um, almost, it requires the touchy feely, yeah, and especially the the Jewish human condition. Yeah. Minion, just that alone. No I mean, question about it. People together, you don't have what the Rav Hadras Melech, right? No Which, question you know, about it. Yeah. And it goes on and on and on. But. Strange times, to say the least. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, guess what? Everything Jay Bookspam has discussed in this conversation, except maybe uh, the wines that he admittedly said uh, are not out yet, but will be in the next few days, are available to your local retailers, likely in every city we're speaking to around the world. But, of course, right now we're concentrating on our audience in New York and New Jersey and encouraging them and others to go out there and uh, and have some delicious, amazing, and fantastic kosher wine for the upcoming Holiday of Sukkis. Um, you know, by the way, Jay, you're known in, yeah. for this audience. You're known as the person who every year during Tanis Esther and uh, Hashanah Rabbah or, or the day or two before those uh, would come on and warn everybody about the drinking on Simchas Torah in this case or on Purim. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people I heard this morning, a lot of people are literally just, I mean, I, and it's the right thing to do, obviously, if they feel so, are canceling their Simchas Torah celebrations going to be very understated. I hope that means that they'll be less irresponsible drinking as well. I, I, I cannot agree with you more. And it's not just, you know, it's okay. It's, it's important that you cancel the, at least from my opinion, and I know I'm going to get... Well, it depends on the neighborhood. No, no, no. It depends on the neighborhood. It depends on the rabbi. I mean, you know, it depends on different circumstances, you know. Right. But listen to your local right. direction and authorities and, and do the right thing. And, and just because you're doing the right thing publicly and not having the big things where everybody's drinking like there's no tomorrow, 
doesn't mean you should go home and sit in the corner and finish three <laughs> bottles of wine at once, you know? Right. And it's always been interesting. The man who sells all this wine every year for decades is the one warning us about excessive and irresponsible drinking, which cer- certainly proves your authenticity and proves that you care about our community. All right, Jay, I take this opportunity to wish you a Chag Sameach. I know that you'll be enjoying Bezrat Hashem uh, Sukkot Friday night in your wonderful Sukkot. Let's hope for good weather. And drinking some delicious wine. And everybody out there, you keep all these brands and wines in mind as you go shopping this week and uh, really treat yourself to something extra special. There's a lot of delicious extra special stuff that Jay and everybody at Kedem and Royal Wine are responsible for. Uh, So many of the brands that are coming from so many countries, France, Italy, Australia, Chile, even Canada, right, Jay? Isn't there a Canadian one? That's right. Even Canada. uh, That's right. Those are all the work of uh, Royal Wine. Yeah. No, go ahead. And, and, you know, I want to wish everybody good martov. And like they used to say in Williamsburg, a getting kvittel. <laughs> good kvittel. I tell my kids they have to wait till Oshana Rabba for that, but we're going to let you get away with that. After all, it's authentic Williamsburg that's coming out right now. <laughs> that's right. You remember the old days, Williamsburg sukkahs, huh? You remember the sukkahs of 45 years ago. Oh, my goodness. And you know what was nice? Like you, we, we, we actually walked the bridge to each other. Do you remember that? Well, I'm a rookie down here. Remember, I've only been here. For, yeah. I've only been here for thirty years or so. But yeah, those okay. th- those who grew up in the neighborhood, I th- there's a lot. There was at that time. There still is a little bit, but there was a lot of symbiotic uh, Shabbos and Yuntif walking between Williamsburg and the Lower East Side. That's right. That's right. And you remember doing that, huh? I I remember. I remember yeah. them more coming to us, but we used to go to them too. You couldn't stop Jay in those days, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from the grapevine, we always say, uh, on behalf of the wonderful people at Kedem and Royal Wine, he's the one and only Jay Booksbaum. Chag Sameach, Jay. Chag Sameach. More coming up. It's Tuesday at JM in the AM. <laughs> 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 